0: If you come at the king, you best not miss, okay? That is very important here because you came at GME, maybe, or, or, or this hedge fund shorting GME, GameStop. And you know you got all this passion, everyone got real riled up. Oh, we're sticking it to Wall Street, sticking it to Wall Street. But you didn't even read the terms and conditions of Robinhood. <laughs> you thought one step. If this was <laughs> yeah, a chess yeah. match, you'd be like, check. And then they're like, check me.
1: doing less with your favorite hosts brendan dale john archibald and jeff barsamian here where we talk about whatever the hell we feel like and see where the conversation goes um uh, which one of you wants to give a recap on the most recent news of the week
2: i, I could I'll, I'll i'll do a little short two minutes and then yeah, jeff you fill yeah, in the it.
1: the uh give us a concise summary before you give your yeah. takes
2: so real quick, there is—you you've probably heard of it by now. It's all over the news. It's the biggest story of the past three weeks. We, probably, we cut Henry and we cut Jack from the podcast because oh, yeah. they sucked. <laughs> they weren't working out. <laughs> One and um, done. So we're back to the the, the A team, um, and so, but yeah, th- this group called uh, on Reddit called Wall Street Bets, um, which is basically this group of individuals who are very funny and they make jokes about. Um, stocks and finance and the economy and they basically treat the stock market like it's a game at like a casino so you know their gains and losses are usually you know s- this on the small end two times winnings and on the large end like a thousand times <laughs> winnings on like penny stocks and stuff they're just doing crazy stuff irresponsible with their money but uh, they had the idea to um, once they found out that there was a hedge fund called Melvin uh investments Melvin Capital yeah, Melvin guys, Capital yeah. um had short exposure um to the stock uh GameStop um GameStop I always <laughs> say GameStop um GameStonk they uh they found that out and they GameStop. realized that there could be some leverage opportunities where they could employ and make a whole bunch of buying occur of of GameStop and uh, in, in in doing so, that would create a lot of upward pressure on the price and would really screw over Melvin Capital. Um, and so they wanted to do, like, this fun little prank that would really take it to this hedge fund, like this Wall Street hedge fund, um, and, like, actually making a real impact other than these just kind of stupid 10-baggers that they're posting here and there. Um, so once they, once they started doing that, um, it became kind of really obvious what was happening because the stock was up you know it was it was like a one dollar stock a year ago and then it went up to like 30 dollars which is already catching people's attention and then uh really recently the stock went up to like a hundred dollars so it's like now it's like mainstream coverage and um it became like this narrative where um the like reddit was taking on the the wall you know the one percent and they were actually going to make the hedge funds pay for screwing over the country so everyone kind of started backing it and become this became this like like this hyper speculative play where if you are against the one percent you could show your solidarity by buying stock and (laughs) gamestop and uh watching it go up to to the tiers of the one percent on wall street um yeah so why don't we take a
1: a quick pause there and say so that was kind of the narrative leading up to as of really yesterday um and that's all over the news, Game stock stock, in, you know, less than a week went from called 30, 40 bucks up to a, a peaked yesterday at like 350 bucks. And so so the story is that like everyone views this as, uh, you know, this David versus Goliath, you know, the little man now with resources like Robin Hood and whatnot, um, can all use social media or things like Reddit to pull together and kind of take down Wall Street finally and at least, uh, in a, this case. Um, but then in the past kind of 24 hours here, uh, the narrative's really shifting and we're kind of seeing, uh, really who holds the reins here. So <laughs> what, who wants to explain what's happened since then?
0: Yeah. I mean, they just pulled yeah. a casual $20 billion prank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all, everyone had a good laugh afterwards. They're like sick prank. You know, we all had good fun. No. Um, yeah, that has been the narrative. Um, I don't, that's not what happened as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's what everyone's rolling with. It's like, um, you got the little guy versus the hedge fund, and they're taking the hedge fund's money because, you know, they screwed up our economy in 08. Um, but I, I think people misunderstand what Wall Street is.
2: So, so Jeff, sorry, uh, and yeah. just one last, I mean, so I. it's good that you're going to give your take, but the last thing of purely just, uh, background would mm-hmm. be today. What I think, Dale, what you're talking about is yep. what happened was re- uh, the the, uh, the trading app Robinhood actually limited people from buying shares of these stocks in a move that's a lot of speculator. There's a lot of um, speculators that say because Robinhood is affiliated with Citadel so heavily, Citadel owns share uh, or has interest in uh, Melvin Capital that you know citadel kind of dropped the hammer onto robin hood and and kind of put the kibosh on the speculation so there's that was the big news today but so jeff why don't you go ahead and keep going with uh what what the real what that that's the kind of overall narrative what's what really happened yeah i
0: think the the narrative on the way up and the narrative on the way down are both both wrong (laughs) so let's start with the narrative on the way up so you got wall street bets who's sticking it to the the big man uh by ganging up on them and you know figuring out this this short opportunity um i don't think we need to get into the mechanics of that really but i think people need to understand what wall street is because basically everyone on the internet i see commenting about this i don't think really understands what wall street does and when you learn really how Wall Street works, it takes a lot of the mysticism and a lot of misconceptions people have about it because it's actually really simple. The most important thing you need to know about Wall Street is they don't invest their own money. That's not how they make money. They don't take their money, make really smart bets, and then win big and then cash out and make all this money. No, no, no. That's not what they do. They invest other people's money and if they make money they take a piece of that and if they lose money they say sorry you shouldn't have given us your money that's all they do they just if they don't care which way the stock goes because no one knows which way the market's going all they do is they say they're a neutral third party and whichever way the stock goes they're taking their management fees their profit capital gains fees what have you and no matter what happens in the market they walk away getting paid okay so when everyone's talking about reddit you know ganging up on this hedge fund and blowing up their short costing them 20 billion dollars they're not costing this hedge fund 20 billion dollars they're costing the hedge funds investors 20 billion dollars who could be anybody i don't know if they've released it i haven't Necessarily look, we do know Citadel and like point seventy two and a couple other ones recently invested with them, but they manage like 20 billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could have any number of <clears throat> investors. Some hedge funds, their investors are teachers' pension funds, some are 401ks. So lots of normal, everyday people do invest with hedge funds. I can't say that's the case with this one. This could be a particularly speculative, risky kind of Rich man's group, I don't know. But the point is, most of Wall Street's money comes from 401ks, pensions funds, school endowments, stuff like that. Average ordinary people's money, and they just skim off the top. They get paid no matter what. So when Wall Street bets gangs up on this hedge fund, and they cost some group of people, maybe they're the rich evil 1%, I don't know, but they cost those people $20 billion yeah, this hedge fund's probably never gonna get any business ever again, but they ne- they didn't lose any of their own money. They've been getting paid to manage this money their whole life. They've been putting that money away safely and they're gonna walk away with their money intact. And yeah, they may never work again in Wall Street, but they didn't really lose all that much.
1: Yeah, so I think that's kind of part one, right? Uh, part one is, even if Reddit and the common man, you know, wins the game and screws over these Wall Street guys who have short positions on a stock like like GameStop, like GameStop, then as you said, it's not actually the people on Wall Street that are losing money; it's somebody else who's investing with them. And secondarily, uh, you know, once we saw this kind of speculation taken off in the last few days, you saw the uh, companies like Robinhood who. Interestingly enough, whole kind of business plan is, is being for the common man and allowing to give them access to, to Wall Street and to the market. Um, now, stopping the ability to purchase stocks like GameStop, AMC was another one. I think there was a few others. Um, but all these ones that are connected to Wall Street bets, they stopped people stopped allowing people to buy them but allowed people to still sell them, essentially forcing the price to go down in a sense. And then also, Wall Street Bets itself, the Reddit, the feed where everyone's talking about this and came up with this theory in the first place, got banned at least temporarily or shut down um, all on the same day. So, <laughs> so not only uh, are they incorrect for thinking that they're kind of taking down the 1%, but at the same time, uh, somebody looks like they have the ability to put their foot down when the common man in this situation uh, has the ability to bet their own livelihoods and make money. Um, looks like someone somehow, you know, obviously, uh, if you're somebody, it's a part of the wall street bets gambling on this, it looks like, you know, the man is putting their foot down and not only shutting down your ability to communicate, but also stopping your ability to trade. Um, so it's kind of a two blows in one there. <laughs>
2: um to comment on so to to make like an illustrative example of of what jeff was saying uh if you've ever seen the movie uh, wolf of wall street right what is that movie about it's not about someone who's like listen i know what stock is going to go up and i know what stock is going to go down give me all your money and i'm going to put it in this trade that's more of like the big short but that's not what we're talking about here this, we're talking about he's on the phone with you know, people that don't know what they're talking about, and he's selling them crap, or, I mean, in the evil case, you know, of Wall Street, the evil cases, you know, they know better, but they are able to just make money on the fees, so they're going to just try to sell anything that they can to these uh, retail investors. So that's kind of what Jeff is saying. It's not that these guys are, like, these quant, you know, analytical you know tell the future kind of guys it's like they're salesmen really that are able to make it it look like they're about to tell the future but really they're just a lot of the time they're just um mirroring what the market is is like the broad market um how the broad market caps are weighted so if they mirror that then they can at least say oh we we mirrored the market (laughs) and they don't have to take a lot of risk so they're just taking fees on basically what is no work um but yeah and then to dale what you were saying about how if you're expecting to go to robin hood and then robin hood doesn't let you <laughs> enact the policy or enact the trades that you want to um to do it's like oh the they're out to get us like oh they this is a considered effort of the you know a centralized power or a centralized institution to not let us do what we are should be allowed to do and it's just like that is so that is founded in absolutely not absolutely no like real logic like today i tweeted um if you're going to robin hood with the with the intent to uh take one over on wall street essentially that is going invading russia in the winter and (laughs) asking to borrow guns with which to kill them it's like (laughs) (laughs) You're going into their territory and using products that they've created and you're going to try to get, pull one over on them. It's just like, they, they control the rules at that point. They're going to do whatever that is to maintain their, uh, like their, um, their stake in the market and their control of the market. Right. And not only that is
0: people who use Robinhood are not the customers of Robinhood. They don't pay for Robinhood. The customers of Robinhood are, are the hedge funds who buy all this data and front-run all your trades, and you're the product if you use Robinhood. So the idea that they'd have your back in in, in when you come after the king like this, like, no. Like, they're going to side with their customer. Now, granted, I don't think this is a good decision in the long term for them as a business, because who the hell is going to use Robinhood now knowing they'll just block you out of trades when the time matters most and in some cases i don't know if this is true or just a rumor so i don't i don't want to act like i know for a fact it's true but i saw some like reports from robin hood where it was saying you know due to volatility we closed your trade out for you so maybe even trading for you i don't know if that's true or not but e- either way the press for Robinhood is terrible and i, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if no one ever comes back to robin hood And if that's the case, yeah, they might have saved their customer, but they're not going to have any customers after this because they don't have a product. They don't have any users' data to sell. So one thing I want to make clear, because I I see like a lot of libertarians, I think, getting this kind of wrong. They're saying like this is the state's fault. And now I will say Wall Street is propped up by the state 100%. The federal reserve is basically a branch of the government propping up wall street with cheap money and low interest rates. So I'm not going to touch that. We talk about that all the time, but if that were not the case, okay. Ignoring those conditions, the conditions in which Robin hood essentially terminated your ability to trade. If you open up their terms and conditions, it says right in like the terms and conditions, we have the ability to terminate service for whatever reason we want, whenever. At any time
2: with no notice. Yeah. With no
0: notice, it's, it's well in their terms. So like, I know this is not gonna win me any brownie points with anyone. And I know no one reads the terms and conditions, but we have to be more responsible consumers and investors. Cause it's, you're signing a contract when you agree to the terms and conditions. And if it says, I can halt your service at any time for whatever reason. You're being a fool for trusting this app. You should never trust it in the first place. Like they're going to screw you if they can just cancel your ability trade whenever. So this isn't an example of like government overreach or corporatism or state. No, no, no. This is capitalism. It's maybe ugly, but it's capitalism because it's, People voluntarily using a product and that company is not going out of reach of their terms and conditions. And it may be terrible for their business in the long run, but companies are free to make terrible decisions. Uh, So this is not an example of government
2: overreach in that particular example. Yeah, I think that there's actually a lot of parallels to... Um, what happened today, and what happened three weeks ago with the Capitol insurrection? I think that um, both today and then you've got a bunch of people that want to take one over on, you know, people that they think have wronged them, or that kind of have more. There's a there's a large power differential that exists that they want to kind of uh, re kind of uh, redistribute in some ways, so they you know get this really strong impassioned... like you know emblazoned with this directive right the uh, three weeks ago it was oh we're gonna show up and protest right and then today it was right this the past couple of days it's been oh we're gonna buy the stock and it's gonna show them you know it's, uh, that's the protest and then it turns into something where it's like you you gain this like critical mass of people that are like we're we're so committed like you know we're, we're gonna go all in like you know people that actually busted through and went into the capital it's like for seemingly no reason other than the fact that they were really dedicated and these people that are just continuing to buy the stock at any price it's like you know they they have no idea of how much this is actually materially affecting people on wall street they just have this directive in their mind of the you know the narrative is i want to buy the stock and i want to you know <laughs> enact some some re you know rebalance of power and this is going to help us show them that you know they're not the boss of us stuff like that it's just like you can't just be extra passionate and expect that to be <laughs> enough to change the world like you got to understand stuff first and you got to take a second and say what are we doing and how can we be- do this the most effective way like i would say the pe- to the people today and the people three weeks ago at the capitol i would say to you you are not wrong you have a <laughs> cause worth fighting for like this is good you're understanding that things aren't fair and that's the first step to to making change to just act on the first kind of passionate story that comes across your desk is not enough. We need more from you. We need you to think critically and we need you to understand that there are actual things like Jeff was saying. The Federal Reserve in this case is the reason. Don't get mad at Wall Street. Wall Street is just doing what you would do in their position. They're just benefiting from all of the easy free money that they get you know with if you got easy free money too you would do well too and you probably wouldn't feel bad you probably feel really smart you think that you're like some <laughs> genius right. you know you can't don't just That's get true. mad at the fat cat who is benefiting from the the game being weighted to, towards his side get mad at the referee who is making it such that the fat cats can exist and that people like you get shafted every time after time after time so you need to keep that passion and keep that that change spirit the spirit for change up but you got to re, <laughs> reposition it towards the fed towards the thing that'll actually matter for change
0: right i i think a couple of cliche sort of quotes but i think are very appropriate here is like don't hate the player hate the game right so you people who mm-hmm. rationalize oh if i was on wall street and i was getting all this free money and like i had all this influence i would be a good person and i would you know get like like, you don't know because you're not in their position, right? So, like, you can generally assume if you had tons of access to wealth and influence, you'd probably abuse it because people Actually, do that. And
2: you kind of do know because you are in the top 1% of wealth in terms of the whole world. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the fact that you don't donate all of your wealth to, you know, children in Uganda is like, you have they have the same claim to your wealth as you do it to the 1% of the U.S., Right, it's just so, rational
1: action, right?
2: And, right, yeah. Like, So they're just behaving rashly. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm
0: saying you can't expect them to turn down these yep. huge incentives to act the way they're acting. You have to fix the game. We have to stop playing this stupid game we're playing. Okay? So that's one. And then another uh, quote from The Wire that I think is very fitting is, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Okay? That is... Very important here because storming the Capitol with no direction or whatever, you're all going to get arrested. They'll throw you in jail. No one will feel sorry for you because you look like a fool. You didn't plan anything. It was foolish. Okay. Same thing here. You came at GME, maybe, or, or, or this hedge fund shorting GME, GameStop, and you, know, you got all this passion. Everyone got real riled up. Oh, we're sticking it to Wall Street, sticking it to Wall Street. But you didn't even read the terms and conditions of Robinhood. You thought one step. If this was a chess match, you'd be like check, and then they're like checkmate. You know, you didn't even think two steps ahead. You know, we need to be better than this. Okay, if we're gonna actually change things, you can't play hero on your phone and expect like the world to be fixed. It's absurd.
1: I think that was really well said by both you guys. That (laughs) that was awesome. Like the less passionate way that I was gonna say it, it was just like an angry mob that has reason to be angry and is fully justified in, in their discontent, just jumping on the first person who's rallying, giving a rally cry behind the... Here's how we're going to get them. Mm-hmm. People are like ready to act, just jumping on it. And like you said, not organizing, not thinking about how to make real change. Um, and like you said, if you, now people are realizing who these discontents are, what people are angry about, and you're going to prevent it from are going to now take precautions to prevent that kind of action from being successful. So you've got to find a better way. you got to find a way to change the system, you know, whether that's with your vote or however you're going to do it, there's, there's gotta be something better than, you know, anything you can do in a day.
0: Right. I just, I, we need some adults in the room, you know, people who are thinking long-term logically, regionally, not emotionally invested in what they're saying some actual real plans to fix the problems in this country and when i look around i don't see any adults in the room i it's like everyone's behaving like a child and it's like i don't know how we can expect anything to improve from this sort of behavior i don't know
2: yeah just the this the fervor on twitter like i was it wasn't even until probably 10 a.m or really maybe a little earlier than that but you know, these past couple days, watching all this stuff unfold, I was, you know, I research this stuff all the time. And I see stories that I, you know, it takes me time to understand. With this story, I still didn't even understand it. As of like this morning, I kept going back and forth of like, okay, maybe they're smart, because they are making a play on, you know, a a chance to, you know, get wealth that they really do squeeze them out of their short, then, you know, there's going to be less whatever float available to lower the price so that, the majority of them that went in can get out and a profit so i'm going back and forth of like <clears throat> but no they're really they're really dumb because the sec is just going to get all their ass and audit them all you know like i'm just like I, I just needed a lot more information than what i saw at like this this morning it's like it basically was this giant c- a consensus of like this is what's happening it's us versus them we're <laughs> buying this stock right. you know period don't <laughs> think about it it's us you know are you with us or are you against us <clears throat> and it's like especially after it went down like after about like 11 15 when it went down like 60 percent in maybe 30 minutes um you know you saw, i started to see tweets like don't don't defend the suits like there like don't <laughs> be one of those people that right like you're, you're selling out the, if you sell yeah, your position se- <clears throat> and it's just like no like there's <laughs> there's nuance here that you're not catching like you, did you really think that making a three bagger or four bagger on a, a stock purchase of GameStop a meaning <laughs> like, you know, like a meaningless piece of paper or a worthless piece of paper that's a company that's about to go bankrupt? You know, you think that's really pulling one over on anyone? Like, you gotta <clears throat> you gotta try to understand it. And the people that are understanding it, you gotta listen to them.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> if you're if you're looking for who to blame here, and you think it's all just these evil 1% people. Look, don't get me wrong. There's a ton of corruption and I I hate it. There's so much corruption at the top. So many people benefiting from easy money, fraud and fiscal policy. It's a disaster. But if we're looking for people to blame, we got to look in the mirror because the reality is Wall Street manages $6.4 trillion in 401ks. And... We all signed up for these, okay? We all want a piece of what's happening on the Wall Street Casino where we go, oh, if I get my 8% every year, then I can retire at this age. And everyone wants a piece of that action. But the reality is, the people walking away with the money are the people managing it with all the fees. And the more you participate in this casino, trying to get rich for free or, you know, just get this insane growth that you're tapping into in the stock market they're walking away with everyone's money and it's our own greed of trying to just get these insane returns that keeps piling money into wall street that they can just say uh you know two percent here there whatever and then if it all crashes because they're trying to meet these insane growth obligations well then they can go to the federal reserve and say or the president and say well, I mean, if we go bankrupt, it's all the teachers' pensions that that go bankrupt, and it's all it's all these 401ks. This, it's ordinary people that are going to go bankrupt, and the politicians hear that and they go, "Well, I'm not going to get reelected if I let everyone's 401k go bust." So they bail them all out. Okay, we all have a hand in this. We can't just act like it's like a freaking Marvel movie where it's just supervillains versus the good guys. It's just it's right. childish.
2: And real in a real quick point, <clears throat> it's like it's like what are you guys doing oh we're gonna manipulate this stock price to go way up and screw over these wall street greedy guys it's like oh what the wall street greedy guys do it's like oh they manipulate prices every day so it's like oh so you're gonna manipulate prices in order to get back at people who manipulate prices it's like are we in kindergarten? Like one did two wrongs <laughs> that are right.
1: That and like, what's your long-term strategy there too, right? Like, okay. So right. one group, Melvin Capital, like what percent of Wall Street are they negligible? It's nothing. It's like and 20 then, billion of yeah.
0: the 6.4 trillion we're talking right. about. Like,
1: okay. So you put one guy out of business and he right. doesn't right. lose much of his own money as you alluded to. And then and There's a good have, chance
2: that th- they've actually exited their short position. There's rumors that they're done, yeah. you know, or they have no more short exposure. Which was, at that point, they'd, <laughs> yeah. Fine. What happens?
1: What happens to all the redditors who are holding GameStop at three hundred dollars a share? Like, right. what are you going to do in a week? What are you going to do in a month with that? Right. Right. Like, i right, glad you didn't think about it and you ganged up on Wall Street, but <laughs> now what are you going to do? You can sell that.
0: Right. Yeah. At but this point, if
1: you sell it. You're the you're teaming up with the suits. Right. So, at this
0: point, they're just playing a zero sum game with themselves. It's yeah. like yeah. Another thing people need to understand is about stocks and Wall Street and all this, if real earnings, so like earnings of stocks that are not just created through inflation, so not from more money printing or finance with debt that's not going to be paid back, which happens very often, talking real natural earnings growth, that is the only intrinsic value there is on Wall Street, unless that like number is going up, where it's more earnings that can be returned to investors. The growth you see is artificial. It's speculation. It's zero sum, and half the people win and half the people lose. It's a casino. It's a literal casino,
1: right?
0: Where Wall Street is the bookmaker taking the vig, and people need to wake up to this. They they they're getting the wrong narrative of what's happening. Um, and I don't know. I I, I like the energy. I do. And the memes nice. are hilarious, <laughs> but we, we need to be a little bit more careful in our analysis. I think.
2: Yeah.
1: Totally agree. I think, As always, people have a hard time diving in above the headline, right? And right. That's, so that's a continued problem that I think will kind of uh, be an underlining theme to every podcast we talk about.
0: <laughs> Especially when you can just pile in on, on all the memes. I can't hate people for doing that because that's been, my, well, That's yeah, been
1: right. great that's add, that's added that's true value <laughs>
2: that's been, right
1: yeah. one of my favorites is that the meme uh, economy yeah <laughs> one of my favorites is that the game stock the stocks gonna be trading at the like GameStop retail value of your video games yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good uh, best I can do is uh, three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you guys got to get off your chest on this matter?
0: Um, yeah. So another thing I do want to bring up is I think this point may be lost on some people and all the mania that's um, been going on. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's uh, significant um, is when Wall Street bets was, you know, quarrying, making their plan. Um, Discord, Banned the wall street's bets channel from their discord. Okay But why did they ban them? What was the reason they gave? They said hate speech Okay, I think that is really significant because we all know that's not why they banned them It's because they were coordinating this pump and dump on Melvin but they called it hate speech and my point is when something's so obviously not about hate speech, granted, they do say a lot of crazy crap in Wall Street Bets, but I'm sure a lot of Discord's servers do say plenty of stuff. And they've been saying crap forever. So it's not like this was the week where they're like, that's it. Wall Street bets you've said too you've gone too far. We're, right. we're cutting you off. Yeah. It's obviously related to this. And when you have this case with an obvious ulterior motive and they're banning them in the name of hate speech. You can't help but call into question every other ban in the name of hate speech for expedient reasons. And I, I, I think that's really important, and I don't want that to be lost on
2: people.
1: Yeah, a little bit of like a Boy Who Cries Wolf potential right. uh, issue there, right? So there's real situations where hate speech is a problem and you got to ban it, right? But if you use that as justification for banning something when it's clearly not the reason... Uh, now you're crying wolf, and you're really uh, taking away the legitimacy of such a claim. Um, and not to mention on public forums like Reddit, anyone—not to use conspiracy theorist terms, but anyone can infiltrate that and in post hate speech in order to get it shut down if it's going against their own personal interest. Um, so yeah. it's it's kind of difficult to manage around. Yeah.
2: Right, and it's. I... I had another point, if you had something more to say on that. Uh, I was just going to say, it's just, it's an easy
0: accusation to throw out. Like, it's just like, oh, it's hate speech, you know, cancel them. So you can just put that under the umbrella of, you know, whatever, since it's super vague, and then just ban people for whatever reason you want.
2: Yeah. Um, So my point was going to be, in true do less form, we got to mention the fact that so the congressmen were really starting to get behind the like the reddit group the wall Wall street bets um by saying oh if people want to make this trade then they should be able to like robin hood you, you have to be accountable for whatever the people want and it's like and ted cruz agreed with her and so a lot of people were saying like making a joke like oh this is bringing together democrats and republicans like is this going to be the issue that unites the politicians? And it's like, no matter how funny you think that is, a good mental model to keep in the back of your mind is like, anything that AOC and Ted Cruz agree about, I, I probably am against. <laughs> like, so like, just keep that in the back of your mind. And if it may not seem obvious at first, just listen to listen to a little like do less calling at you from the back of your mind saying, they they both are are representatives of the state and they're agreeing on something i better be very careful about what they're agreeing on <laughs> and and that's and that is really the actual another very scary thing that could come out of this whole event and not necessarily about the about the robin hood thing because i think that's going to be a i think that like there's a lawsuit against them i think that's dead on arrival like like you said jeff it's, all you got to do is point to the terms and conditions and say no we can do this it's we warned you. You you didn't like it but we can <laughs> do it so it's like yeah if the congress people if the people in congress get upset about it though they're gonna do something that's just kind of the nature of what government (laughs) you know that like we say on this podcast they don't ask is there something that can be done about this they ask what should we do because we got to do something so it's like and they're gonna they're gonna be trying to pass something about regulation of wall street regulation of retail trading they're gonna put their big like sloppy legislation all over it and you know who's going to benefit the most wall street (laughs) the people that (laughs) are already in bed with the politicians the people that already have the lobbyist dollars flowing directly into the bank accounts of these politicians so it's like it's like you got to be more cautious about something like that like you can't just let that fly under your radar
1: yeah I agree. and I also think I would just point out that it's not always so directly malicious. I think in a lot of cases these politicians like actually want the best for the people in many cases, I mean, not all, but when someone like AOC like just sees that her constituency and a bunch of like you know regular people are really upset and really got, are getting screwed over by a company in the way that they're like organizing and regulating like the ability for these people to trade. They want to speak out and say like okay wait this isn't right we should do something about this but then in practice by adding some type of legislation which is really the only power that they have the ability to do as a politician all they can do is add legislation in some cases repeal but more often than not it's adding legislation and to your point the people on wall street are the people that are being advocated for at that level because of political donations and funding and they also have the Accountants and lawyers who have the ability to manipulate any complicated legislation that gets added So at the end of the day well, to your point they benefit I
0: would it's I would take it even a step further than that what people got to realize is People in Congress don't even write the, re- the Legislation they push it through but some lawyer or lobbyist writes the whole thing and then they right. kind of put in or edit it as needed but for the most part they don't even really write the, the legislation so Literally, if you're pushing for some legislation, they're gonna say, uh, well, we don't really understand Wall Street, so let's just let some like, Wall Street lawyer write it, and then we'll just give it a right. once-over, make sure it sounds good, put a good title on it, like, No More Robin Hood, or whatever the hell they're uh, yeah, gonna yeah. call it.
1: So, to your point, like, th- they are no more- <laughs> No more, more robbing ag- the hood. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, to your point, like, th- they're no more knowledgeable than, like, the no. five thousand and second redditor who jumped in on GameStock <laughs> stock because that's how we're taking down the one percent. Right. And when somebody sees that bill come across their desk on something they're not knowledgeable about, they're like, "You said this is the one that's like anti-Wall Street. <laughs> Got it. Sign it, right?" Because right. yeah, you know those things are probably six hundred pages, and they don't have a chance of understanding that. You
0: know? Yeah, and also like where they get their money from is all corporate. So, like, they're not going to do anything that piss off, pisses off their donors because they got, always got to run for re-election and they need money. So, it's just like mm-hmm. expecting government to control itself and sort of the top echelons of business is just so unrealistic because those like, work together yeah. hand in hand. So, it, it, you can't solve this problem by, you know, tweeting at AOC. Like, it's just that's yeah. not how this gets fixed um i mean maybe maybe we should talk about how it it does actually get solved then you guys yeah, have any thoughts a, on that we're
1: mm-hmm. talking about a problem it's always good to say all right this is not gonna fix it i'd like to end <laughs> on it okay what can you do yeah. right um which th- i don't think there's an easy answer here but um have you guys come up with any thoughts
2: well here so let me kind of segue into that by posing a question i was asked someone texted me about you know this what was happening today and said like uh you know what was going on i was explaining and then they said has anything ever like this has anything like this ever happened before and i said yes kinda (laughs) it's (laughs) like i don't think it's ever been specifically like oh this financial derivative is overexposed to gamma sweat or like a shift of gamma exposure to the dealers whatever that You know that i don't know the full obviously what they were trying to do but um like this attack essentially from the people to the one percent to try to like redistribute wealth i don't know if it was ever specifically that but this kind of stuff has happened all the time in the last 50 years with um without having like hard money that's backed by gold or backed by a reasonable claim to gold um you have what's these the spe- the, the sign of all of these speculative bubbles whether it's 1999 or 2008 is assets that are completely disconnected from the fundamental value right so in 1999 you had like whatever stocks it was if if they just said they were like on the internet if they had a dot com and it's like oh it's that's representative of the future this stock is <laughs> definitely going to be h- higher in the future than it is today which made it go higher. Which made people think it can't go lower. Which made people buy more. So it just like was this self-fueled bubble. How does that end? There's a stock market crash. 2008, same thing. House prices. Oh, it can't ever go down because they keep going up so much. And it doesn't actually matter what the house is worth. It matters what someone's willing to pay. So I'm going to buy it. You know, and flip it. What you know, all sorts of speculation occurs, where it's like, don't you guys think about the asset value itself? And they say, "No, I'm trying to make money. <laughs> I'm trying to make it money, stupid. <laughs> like, stop trying to be an- annoying. You know, that <laughs> it's stupid. A- <laughs> <laughs> <You're> rich. <laughs> exactly. So, it, it's the it's a different, you know, it's a different kind of call it like a different facade, but it's the same structural makeup. You know, it is a speculative bubble. Asset prices completely disconnected from the underlying value, right? So, and how does that happen? I, I kind of mentioned it. It's from Credit that has no b- real basis, which is all stemming from the Fed. So, if we understand that and we understand how these asset prices are more of like a roller coaster than an investment strategy, and we refuse to participate in speculation and we start to invest in sound stores of value and sound fundamental profit yielding, uh, wealth generating assets, you know, our economy can get rooted in some actual bedrock of wealth generation instead of speculative bubble forever.
0: Yeah. Um, I like to add on to that. Like, I think not enough people understand the difference between money, wealth and credit, right? So I would, so this isn't the common definition of money, but I would argue money has an end use
2: it has to. Okay? If it doesn't, it's not money, it's credit. Okay? So, it's not a common definition recently, but throughout history, that's actually been way more commonly the definition.
0: Right. So, throughout his, that For most of history not. Right. For most of history, gold or silver has been money. There's been other kinds where it's like wheat or tobacco. But you'll notice every single time it's a good with an end use. In in prisons, you'll notice they'll use cigarettes as money. Every single time there's an end user, okay? And the reason that's significant is because your money can be used for something even if no one else wants it, okay? And so it has value if you hold it. And there's a likelihood you can trade it to someone, even if you're not the end user, for something of value, okay? Now, credit has no end use, right? A credit would be like, let's say I have gold and I put it in a bank and the bank issues a note and says, I owe you one bar of gold. I now have a credit for gold. If I now trade that around, that's not actually money. That's just a credit for money, right? And so if I'm holding that and I go back to the bank and I say, all right, give me my gold back. And they're like, sorry, we are, we don't have the gold. We got, we got rid of the gold. I now have nothing. I, so I had a credit I thought was money, but it was simply that, a credit. Credits can go bust, okay? So it's important to understand the distinctions between money and credit. And then the other thing I mentioned is wealth. A lot of people will look at their stock market account and be like, I'm rich because they'll put a number in there and it'll be like a million dollars I have, but you don't have a million dollars. What you actually have is Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix. You have these shares of stock. And if no one's willing to pay you the amount it says in your little stock market account, if there's not a bidder there, who's like, yeah, I'll pay you that, then you don't really have those dollars. You just have those stocks. Okay. So you can't count your chickens before they hatch. You don't have that cash until you sell. And even then, if you have that cash, that cash is no longer a claim on anything real. So if you want real wealth, you then have to go spend that cash. So someone has to want that cash in return for like a house or something. That's real wealth, Assets. right? Assets, exactly. So what people got to realize is most of what we own in America is credit. Okay. And that's not necessarily a problem. That's fine. G- like good economies function with high levels of credit, but people really need to understand how much credit there is out there. Cause there's a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: when there's a lot of credit, bad credit tends to leak in and you really got to second guess yourself about what do I actually own? Cause when you really sit down and think about it, if everyone dropped out of their 401ks, took that cash. Then try to go to the grocery store, buy a house, get some gold. I don't know, whatever else people want, but if they try to though, spend, all, you'd realize we don't own what we think we own. It's time dependent. It's all at like a flow rate. We expect this many goods and services to be available at any given time. As long as we don't spend all our credit at once. And so people have got to realize it's fragile it requires the steady state flow rate of goods and services to keep coming in and the price level not to change very much. And as long as all of that's the case, then we're fine. But there's a lot of assumptions baked into that cake that I think people need to be aware of.
1: So to your point that that money's not there, right? <laughs> Everybody goes to grab it. That, that number you're seeing on your 401k account, your, your Robin app, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that's, It's not cash.
0: No. Like if everyone tried to cash out their 401k at the same time, I don't know. You might be able to get 10% of it. It's hard (laughs) to guess. You wouldn't be able to get a lot of it.
1: Yeah. And we kind of uh, mentioned this earlier um, in our chat. But Mm -hmm. similarly, now this is a little bit different, but if you have 100 grand in your bank account at TD Bank, you can't go to the bank and say, okay, give me my hundred grand. Like I worked really hard for that money. I want it. give it to me.
0: Right. They won't give it to you. That's your (laughs) money.
1: That is your money, but
0: (laughs) because they
2: don't have it. It's
1: not there. They don't have it. Right. So like people got to realize that. If you were
2: able to successfully get the money, you would get arrested or actually there would be civil forfeiture. If you walked out of the bank with a hundred grand, because just having that amount, much amount of money in the U S is considered, Uh, eligible for taking by the police. (laughs) Is it really? Just by having money? Yeah. If you have $100,000 of cash, the police can (laughs) just take it. I didn't even know that. Because the likelihood of you being up to no good is so high that the police are able to take it. Yeah, it's called civil forfeiture. They can take it without any kind of warrant, without any kind of uh, conviction, or even really what is with a without accusation like due they just process say, like uh, yeah, yeah they just have what to say w- with that much money you're probably up to no good so therefore we're not going to let you
0: yeah i even i didn't even what if that. you say swipe or no swiping
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's wow, like that, that changes everything
1: yeah <laughs> i mean that's like getting no trial for wearing a black hoodie in the wrong places right <laughs>
0: yeah but. so i mean yeah like if people think about the multiplier, right? So like you put your money in a bank, then the bank lends out all of your money because they're insured by the government. So then all that money get lent, gets lent out. Then all that money gets put into like businesses or lent to like corporate bonds or whatever. And then those corporations issue stock and then all those stocks, big banks borrow to buy those stocks. Like people gotta realize the amount of credit in our system Like, it is staggering. It's hard to even quantify without making your head explode.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: So I don't know. Hello. I don't know. What the the uh, we were gonna go with solutions though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're supposed uh, to say something positive. Now, what should we do? Uh. uh yeah. What, what should the common man do? Right. Like, to what should a listener do in this scenario?
0: I would say, uh, own. Uh oh, I think we lost John. Hopefully he'll come oh, back.
1: he will uh, have our audio if nothing else.
0: Yeah. So what I would say, what the common man should do is reduce your credit levels, right? So if own what you think you own, right? If you're sitting and looking at your 401k and being like, man, I got, I don't know, 20 million in the bank <laughs> in my 401k. Sell some of that. Take the cash and go buy some a boat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is you want. But like I would, uh, buy would encourage
1: s- boat buying, but a house. Maybe. All right,
0: fine. Not a boat, a house. I don't know. Whatever it is you need. <laughs> My point is buy something real. Buy gold. Buy, yeah. uh, I don't know. Just if you reduce your, uh, obviously the common man doesn't have 20 million. So let's say you don't sure. even have a 401k, but let's just say you have money in the bank. I don't know. Hold, hold a little bit of gold just as a hedge. I would say this is an investment nice, in so don't listen to me. But I'm saying, if you want something real, uh, and know that you know, like you're gonna have it, don't expect you to be able to just go to your bank account and just pull all your money out and be like. And even that, if you do, if that if it ever got that bad, I think prices would skyrocket. So even if you could get your money out, it wouldn't buy as much as you think it would buy. So, I don't know, have some canned food or something, something that's real. Um, But ultimately, how do we get out of this situation? I think we have to return to a hard money system uh, because otherwise the Federal Reserve can just keep printing more and more money and digging us deeper and deeper into this sort of credit bubble, which I believe has been going on for 40 years, um, ever since like the 1980s when we got off the gold standard. Because these things take time and don't just take it from me ray dalio actually has like a a thesis he's put out on sort of uh money and credit and he's he basically talks about long-term debt cycles which are created by central banks and how they take between 50 to 100 years to um pop and i I think we're we're close to the end of a long-term debt cycle i would I would take his his advice because he's uh the most successful hedge fund manager in the world so you don't even have to take my advice you could just take his
2: or you could try to find out what he's sorting and then try to squeeze him out of his <laughs> take <laughs> him down <laughs> <laughs> welcome yeah, Jeff, back John. i mean it's a good
0: point
1: uh
2: it's. A, i mean the, that explanation of how money works is a lot, not a lot of people think about you know but we all we all learned that um it's like why is that why is that green piece of paper in your pocket worth something it's like because someone's willing to buy to accept it for their goods or services you know it's like and as long as that's true it's worth something it's like okay cool but it's like what happens when that's not the case you just got to ask yourself that that question it's like it makes you look at the at the dollar a lot different. It's like, what would happen if I couldn't use this anywhere? How would my life be different? What can I actually do? Okay, that's pretty scary. What would need to happen for this dollar to actually lose value? Hmm. Well, maybe something like printing 20% of the existing dollars into existence out of thin air in one year could do something that would be a bad effect on the the, the amount someone's willing to pay for this dollar. It's like, okay, well that just happened. <laughs> so it's like you know, just kind of run through that thought experiment in your head if you've never done it before because um, not yet, yeah, like we're saying, it's not, not no investment advice, but um, if you're just following the That's herd... What lawyers
1: told you to say. <laughs>
2: Ted, Ted called us up. He's yeah, saying. we don't want the SEC going after us.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, but yeah just to to be a person that never has thought about that and to have their wealth denominated in dollars you got to be able to be like i i have some assumptions that i've made i must have made at some point and just examine those
0: right and uh to add on to that right so like uh we're playing this game right now with a very low probability of failure, but it's catastrophic failure, right? So like you can imagine like some sort of factory or refinery or something like that. And for 20, 30 years, it'll go humming along just fine. And it'll seem like nothing bad could ever happen. And then one day it'll just explode. This happens. Okay. Because it's catastrophic failure. It's unlikely, but then as a result, the whole thing shuts down. And this happens in the real world. So you have to consider what are these catastrophic risks and you have to be prepared for them. You have to take them seriously because as improbable as they may, everyone likes to go, Oh, you're just like, you're a doomsday. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy. Like, look, it's been 50, a hundred years. Nothing, else, nothing bad has happened. So yeah, it does sound crazy. I don't blame you. I, there was a time when I thought it was crazy, but when you actually consider that there's these really rare events, but have, really catastrophic implications, you should prepare for those, right? You should have like a hedge against those. And to give you another example, let's say you had a hundred or just a coin, right? And you just flip it. And every time it's heads, you get a dollar. And every time it's tails, you lose a dollar, right? You can figure out pretty quickly the expected value of this coin is zero. You can flip this coin Like all day long, but probably you're not going to walk away with very much money by doing it. Okay. And you probably, you probably lose interest in the coin, right? If you flip it and it's just like, okay, this isn't, this is a waste of my time. All right. But now imagine you have a hundred sided die and every time it lands on, you know, one through 99, you get a dollar. And every time it lands on a hundred, you lose a hundred dollars. It's the same as the coin, but you're going to have a lot longer runs of winning money and you might feel like you're you're so smart because you're just you're making money and you're you're never losing. But the reality is that's still just a zero sum game that you're playing and in a long enough time horizon, you're not going to walk away with very much money. But that's the casino Wall Street has built. And when they this is the snake oil they sell. They say, oh, you're rolling that die. I see you're making a lot of money investing in, in this game. Uh, but that's a lot of hard work, rolling that die. You know, you're winning. You're doing like, you know, you're making good returns. But we'll hold that for you and we'll do a good job. And we'll just take, you know, 2%, you know, whatever. And we'll roll the die for you. You don't even worry about it. We'll handle everything for you. You may seem like, oh, yeah, good deal. But the reality is you're still playing that zero-sum game. And each time you roll, they're walking away with 2% of your gains. So they're walking yeah. away with all your money, and you're never going to come out a winner in this game.
1: Yeah, I think one of the uh, one of the misconceptions you're alluding to that um, we'll say really two things. Number one, I think it's well documented that it's in human psychology people do a very poor job of um, taking into account really low probability, really high impact events, um, as you mentioned, like the volcano exploding. Um, but Additionally, I think uh, in the investing scenario, there's some poor analogies and phrasings that are used, such as, um, you know, you're making your 8% a year return because you're putting your money to work. Mm. So it's like because you did something and you're working and you're investing it, that's why you're making a little bit more money. But Mm. in reality, it's because you're putting your money at risk. And that's much different than putting your money at work. I'm not, you know, going digging holes with a shovel and that's why i'm getting paid i'm actually like chancing losing all of it every time it's in an investable form um and so i think the phrasing of putting your money at work is poor phrasing it's putting money at risk is what it is
0: definitely and i think people have not only tried to sell people on the idea that like all these new financialization tools like diversification and hedging and this and that they all Eliminate risk. They can't eliminate risk because if they eliminate risk they eliminate return So they're just squeezing the risk into a smaller smaller more catastrophic event and they'll turn to the government with bailouts And then the Fed and they keep squeezing this risk into a smaller smaller more unlikely event and that event I'm talking about is a dollar failure That's very unlikely. We never would have thought this would happen like, you know I don't know 20 years ago, maybe but they keep trying to eliminate risk from everywhere else, and the only where left for this risk to hide is in our currency. And, and and that's the danger, I think.
1: Yeah. That's a lot to think about. Definitely a scary thought. Because <laughs> that. that's that's hard to avoid, right? Like right. You, you've I guess in a sense successfully spread the risk around to everybody.
0: <laughs> right, That's
1: a good thing. Uh, right those people taking the risk,
2: but, uh, it's so an episode with, uh, we can, we can all say how many shares of GME we're going to buy. Um, <laughs> I,
1: I, I can't, <laughs> I am, uh, yes. locked out of my ability to buy GME, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I could sell it if I had it.
0: <laughs> What's funny is I, I've been following right. wall street bets for like years. And I just, I never assumed they could pull anything like this off. I always thought they were just crazy. (laughs) But, like, I knew they were doing this. I just didn't think anything about it. Well,
1: interestingly enough, I had seen in the news um, in the past, I don't know, six months that actual Wall Street advisors had started including Wall Street bets in their research. Right. So, you're saying, like, who's making these huge pushes on these, like, Wall Street bets forums like it could just be other firms on Wall Street. That's true that cuz they all
0: they're all looking right? it's all anonymous, right? Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, and
1: and who in reality has the amount of capital to move markets. Right. It's people on Wall Street. Oh, uh, right.
0: we totally missed this one major point I wanted to make, which was the biggest holders of GME are like Fidelity, BlackRock, uh, yeah. Vanguard. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Well, it's can we can see. clip anything
1: else out if we need
0: to. Yeah, but like the biggest holders are like all these right. money managers, these big money managers, and it's like they're the, they're gonna win the most, you know. Like it's it's not really sticking it to, to the one percent as much people think it is.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Granted, it's not their money, but they do. Yeah, it's truly actually almost based on how much money one, they make.
2: one hedge fund is getting bigger the other one the smaller one is just going away (laughs) so it's just like (laughs) right
0: right yeah they're not even like the biggest hedge fund like if it was like they're a
1: relatively small one i think
0: yeah 20 billion that's not that much i mean they're they're big for hedge funds but even hedge funds aren't like the biggest players in town like these uh Money managers like Fidelity and Vanguard and Bla- these asset managers, that's right. that's that's real Wall Street right there.
2: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm kind of losing the connection, so we should probably wrap up. All Let's right.
1: Let's go. There. We're over an hour here. That was awesome combo. Yes. We should All have right.
0: someone on from Wall Street one of these days so they can defend themselves.
1: This is true. We know plenty of them. <laughs> and in the meantime, we could post this uh, this recording on Wall Street Bets. <laughs> see if we get any traction. You good guys good are idiots. <laughs> 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 Love the uh. energy, though. Love the energy, guys.
0: All right.
1: All right. It's been fun.
0: Thanks for doing less
1: Absolutely. Later,
2: y'all.